0: drifted alarmingly in the betting. Was no you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. it was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, a Dick Francis novel, of Charles Bottom. The ground is soft. It's not. It's, no, not, it's heavy. Soft on times. It's, it's, it's yeah. heavy. Okay.
1: Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Stewards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. Recording earlier today, uh, pre-recorded, so I didn't accept any questions, but we've got plenty to go at in this show, and um, with me chewing the fat for this episode is John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot. John, hello chewing, and welcome.
0: Chewing raw meat, in fact.
1: <laughs> I feel in full-on, absolutely exasperated rant
0: mode. I, I think we need to let him have it today.
1: Yeah. I, this is... I mean, this is just very, very naughty. Before we get on to the full ramp mode, um, we'll start off with the the uh, Jimmy Lindley uh column. We'll finish with the Jimmy Lindley follower at the end of this of this of this cast. But just to mention Wannies yesterday, uh for India Indian Jim. Got this uh, well stuffed, but caught the steward's attention at Newbury, and it managed to pull harder than Callum Best yesterday and still uh, uh, hack up at Ascot yesterday, John.
0: Flipped the farm round nicely with the winner, didn't
1: it? Yeah. The um, thing is, sad thing for me is I didn't have a bet on it, and I was because I, I was just a bit worried what they were going to do. It, it, I thought if this wins, does this show Jim up a little bit? You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Did they want to show Jim up, or what? Or what? Probably, obviously Charlie hates it. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So, so like, but I mean, so but anyway, I waited for him running and thought, well, you know, can can we have like a, a decent little betting running? But I said it just absolutely It wouldn't it wouldn't drop the bit. It was absolutely rabid, and I just thought, well, you, you just you've just got to watch this. And then my heart sank as it as it came through and and did the. I'm thinking, geez, you know, anyway, you, anyway, it's how it was. Did you, did you have a betting race or did you bother?
0: Yeah, I mean, some of the man said to yourself, actually, I thought, well. Will show him up to the extent that this will show him up if it closes up here, and you know I just i sit it out.
1: I mean we did we did say on on Friday's show, you know, so we that's why I'm not even claiming it as a as a, as a winner or a you know sometimes I would highlight it on the on the Twitter feed if. If we thought we'd done good or something, but I, I'm not even going to highlight it because obviously on Friday's show we but we, we were we were fence sitting. We got we got we got splinters up our ass, um, and 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 it reflected in what we did. We didn't we didn't have a bet um, ourselves, but if you did get on because you probably some of you might not listen to the Friday's show but listen to the to the cast where we mentioned it. Uh, well done. Um, at least it's a horse going forwards and keep your eye on because it's probably capable of better because I said it did pull very hard yesterday. And the, the talking points yesterday, John, firm ground at Haddock. I, I mean, I, this 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 last 10 years of my life is, is so weird, um, And you know, in terms of what's gone off with everything in life it's to do with betting everything, you know, being told what to do by everybody. Um, and Kirkland yesterday, I mean, and this week, I mean, yeah. I mean, did he just do it for Starman, John?
0: Yes. I, yeah. hesitate. I hesitate to say, yeah, this wasn't for the good of racing. Mm. Because if it was, that's what he'd have been doing all season. Yeah. This was purely against get his star man on the pitch. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's all right praising him to the skies. You know, let's see what happens at the next day up, mate. Or let's see what happens elsewhere. You know, this is like spitting in a bucket as regards difference it's going to make to anybody you know mm. and, unless there's wholesale changes we, we're going to be back to normal tomorrow morning you know
1: well you know i mean it proved it proved yesterday and we we, we had one dissenter on the on the twi- twitter feed um sort of stating and you know that well he, he didn't like it because um they were they were breaking course records they were they were um, they were biased races all from the front, but which would we prefer? Where you can bet a horse knowing full well what conditions it wants and it's going to get them, or do we want where they've put water on and it the the quick ground horse that you've had a good good bet on you know throughout the day all of a sudden becomes more disadvantaged because they have put more on them or 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 it's it, it's not took it as well as what the, probably the Clark, Clark wanted. You know, we, we, what are, what are we wanting, John, as punters?
0: Well, I would ask the dissenter what he wants, you know? I mean, does he want a watered track where, say, 40 to 50% of the cards are right off because you've got to watch one on the straight course at least, you've got to watch one on the round course at least before you can strike it back with any sort of confidence? At least if you know it's good to firm, unwatered long standing biases will stand, you know i mean I'd much rather go to beverly knowing that first maiden race with the kilt got a seven toe poking i'd I'd like to know for a fact I can have 200 quid on that and get out at two the one after a furlong. yeah do you know i yeah. i mean
1: that's the thing that's thing though do do we think that i mean i i've I've thought for a while that 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 there must be this is me being conspiracy theory but bookmakers again i comes back to bookmakers and, and and larger larger bookmakers they they don't want they don't want fast ground they don't want consistent consistent ground forces to run up. They, they 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 would they would like on the old weather, they'd like the track harrowed now and again, you know, to, to shove the results into an absolute quant, you know, harrowed deep. So you get a slower surface or a quicker surface. They're like, they're like over watering just so it upsets all the, all the, all the, the, the form balance. I can't come with any other logical conclusion though. There, there was, there was trainers withdrawing the horses Saturday at AIDOC. Um, You know, it's quite a few, well, I will not say a lot of non-runners, but you know, there was a few and, you know, to me, is is that is that trainers that that are being Are trainers controlling the ground or is it bookmakers? That's what I'm trying to say. Someone is. It, it, where where has this come from? Like Nick Davies said, in the last ten years, uh, the going sticks have just dro- have dropped through the floor. And yes, and I think there was nine point something here Doc Friday, and it was like, wow, what's this? Nine point something. Nine, you know, only bath only bath goes above nine, um, and it's it's. You know what, what where do you see it? Who, is it is it a combination of everything? Is it bookmakers that could it be good bookmakers and trainers? Is it trainers? Or is it just clerks? I don't know.
0: Well, clerks respond to trainers. And yeah. trainers are habitually full of shit. <laughs> it's as simple as that, you know. Yeah. I mean, is one of the biggest culprits in the run of a big race, rapping yeah. up about the ground, you know. I mean, I've lost count of the times before he's won at a Cambridgeshire. He's been stressing that this won't run if it's rattling fast or this won't run if it's too soft, you know. And, and tra- trainers influence them. And clerks shouldn't be influenced by trainers. They should be influenced by proper hard and sharp guidelines from the BHA. But the BHA won't get their hands around it because it's not the same as their problem, and they've got a gross profits deal with the boat makers. And of course, rattling fast ground. I mean, you, you can go to York in August if they haven't watered, and it's rattling quick. You can just back the top two time for rate. If You don't even need to put the put the work in. You'll come away with more money than you go. Yeah,
1: it's it's true. I mean, I mean. My father was a bookmaker when I was a teenager, and he always used to moan, like, during the summer months, because literally when it stayed quick ground, the form was pretty much, you know, punters had it easy for sort of, took a couple of months a year. No In fact, I would say the summer months are getting towards the hardest, because, like I say, with all the watering, and we've seen the effects particularly this year it's had where meetings have even been called off because they've chucked too much on, they've had the downpours and then they've had to abandon. And that's the ridiculous scenario we've had this summer to deal with as punters. And yeah, I, I thought it was such a refreshing change. It was like the old days again, you know, like where you know for a fact you've got you need a firm, you need a fast ground horse. You need, you can't back anything that isn't fast ground. And I'm sick of looking for tracks in a summer where I'm looking for soft ground horses. It's ridiculous. Um so refreshing change. Um and to any dissenters that think that the adoc was rubbish Friday and Saturday because it was fast, well, I, I don't know. In some respects, I think you're in the wrong game because if you want overwatered slop um to, to work your bets out, then then I I, I don't know. It it, I, it doesn't fit my narrative anyway. Anyway, uh so Kirkland there with a shock the shocker. Um before we move on to the rest of the show, uh Myself and John are pretty keen on one anti-post um, for a race um, in a few weeks, the Cambridgeshire. And I'm quite astounded um, to see the price that it is. And it might seem a bit obvious, um, but I, I I think if anyone fancies taking the 8-1 to one Uncle Bryn for the Cambridgeshire, I've seen a lot worse bets, John.
0: Yeah, I mean this thing was hugely impressive in its comeback run after uh, well he's given it the summer off hasn't he really and uh, you know I mean it started the years of well I I honestly thought it was going to be his derby horse and it took the preferred route it went and ran in the dante ran no sort of race really Um, it's had the knackers off Um, you, you couldn't fault the comeback run it's clearly got stamina plenty, you know. I mean, it it's bred to get a mile and a quarter plus. So, I mean, you've no know, worries about a nine furlong Cambridge. It can be ridden handy, which, again, is a huge plus in the Cambridgeshire. There's not many come from mid to back of the field. Um, you'd say it'd probably handle most ground. I don't think there's an awful lot to worry about. Gosden will talk very loudly and very clearly about his preferred ground. <laughs> and, <laughs> on the run-up to the race, and I'm sure he'll get it. Um, I think this, this is definitely a horse with potential going forward off its current mark, and I'm a bit surprised that there's 8-1 to one still available.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really think this... I'm not saying this is a Lord North, because... Uh, well I'm, I'm not but Lord North obviously went off very heavily backed on the day Um this horse's profile to me suggests he's very very smart I mean the, the two wins on the all-weather in the winter um, were, were very very smart and you could clearly think that they thought this was potentially a Derby horse yeah for sure and it's clear, obviously, he's had his mind on other things because you know that he came back in a. I can remember him at Epsom, he, he absolutely pulled his. He Frankie just couldn't hold him really. I didn't like the ride at Epsom that Frankie gave him either in the in the blue ribbon derby trial. Um, yeah. and 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 you could see then he was he was a bit of a boyeur, and watching him come back, he, you know, he was like an old sheep on the front. Uh, when Frankie just said popped him out now. Him trying to make all over a mile at Ascot, I don't think, even though he had it all his own way, I don't think that's his barrow. I yeah. think he would love to be sat sort of fourth, like you just said, sat nice and nice and handy, or just just sort of mid pack to handy, getting a lead off a strong pace. I think a mile and one, I just think the horse will just find another seven to ten. I mean, this horse really should be group three, stroke, group two standard, I'd have thought. Um, that's what I felt about him last winter, and and obviously with the gelding and he's come back and done that. I, I, and you could see with the interview with Frankie afterwards that the Cambridge has always been the plan because straight away Frankie when when the when the, the the interviewer said you know what about the what about this plans plans next you know would you be thinking Cambridge and straight away Frankie went yeah you've got to as if to, as if to say. This was always the this was always the plan and as I said it, it just look and it's a valuable pot um like like Frankie rightly points out it's worth a lot more than most um group races if you're not going into group one um so yeah why not and I, I just think you know if on the day providing there's not no s- specific biases or whatever I don't think you're gonna see anywhere near eight to one this I think you're probably looking. I could see sort of three to one, seven to two with the books, maybe five point five on the machine. So if you want to nip in, I, me and John both recommend a bastard special anti-post bet, and and I would say win only because you don't forget you're not you're not getting the the full benefit of the place terms that bookmakers offer. I would just go on the button um, eight to one because it, it, what's the point in taking quarter first four when on the day you'll get idiots like Skybet and whoever else going one fifth the odds first eight or first nine you know it's you you may as well just i think on the button no messing about you know we we don't bother each way um straight on the button uncle brin for the cambridgeshire so hopefully that'll be nice uh to send you into the later autumn races with your pot bouncing uh we didn't do bad on the tipping yesterday actually um uh, yourself, John, with Streamer and Andy in particular had a great day yesterday. Um, you know, mentioning um, quite a quite a, quite a nice couple of winners. So yeah, it, it wasn't too bad the tipping yesterday. Apart from Hookham knackering the blogger up, John, the blogger yesterday. What with what with his um, with his big double for Bet Bull, Hookham and um, Starman that went well
0: in uh, Dubrovnik. Well, I mean, I've started to put up with his bullshit for most of the season and seeing it as a little bit of a laugh, to be honest. But I thought it took a bit of a sinister turn this yesterday. I mean, uh, putting that up as a double, I mean, come on. Yeah, you know, and he's got all this, you know, we're living our best life. Let's do this and all, all this shite. <laughs> Which it is, it's shite. Yeah. I mean, where does he work? You know, who's funding all this? He's not doing it through betting because he's shite. (laughs) Let's be fair. Mm. You know, so, I mean, what's going on here? Who's he encouraging to lump on these doubles, you know, and lump on the big race favourite? The only people to benefit from somebody advising followers to lump on these type of high-profile favourites boat bookmakers because it's the first thing they want in
1: their book Yeah I mean I saw you were a bit upset with him yesterday um, But yeah I mean to be honest I had it off a couple of sources yesterday Where they'd messaged me and said have you seen this idiot So I played I played the video and the, the thing I'd say is I think in a way it's a kind of an abuse of your social media power Because obviously he's got a lot of followers He's got a lot of people that that like what he does and to be honest, there are some good things he promotes um, in terms when he was doing that thing for France, I enjoyed, you know, like when he was um, in, interviewing trainers, jockeys, um, just showing his life in the sort of French uh, arenas, that kind of, kind of enjoyed those. But when it's become so sort of, obviously he's working for bookmakers um, and then you, you basically sat, you know, uh, halfway across Europe, you've done zero work into the cards. You've you you know, and you've come up with you know a double that basically anyone with a you know could just pick out. Just I just I just think it's it's wrong really, and like you say, that's where you it's your abuse of power because obviously there'll be folks that probably I know weirdly will probably follow him religiously. Um,
0: Got this thing now where he's, he's putting three races up and saying anybody can give quote the tweet and anybody that can pick the three winners i will pay you i don't know a monkey or 250 quid and yesterday some somebody trapped it anyway they got the three winners i hope to the Christ they had a Trixie, or something like that because they got a damn same on oh, this stinking 250 quid but i put up on that i said if you're paying this out your own pocket i said i'll suck the stallion off <laughs> Uh you know, Yeah. I and mean, what the hell is going on? He started to drum up more followers, and then more followers equals more bullshit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, he, the, there's some good things. I mean, this is my perspective on him, there's some good things that he, he does do. Um, and without a doubt, I mean, I do find some of the videos entertaining with, with him and the Stallion as well. Um, but the, the, there are certain aspects that do concern me and you know we're all we're all on about responsible gambling these days and this brings us on to um, our next topic um and this one topic that has just incensed me as as, as the last 10 like i said earlier it's the last 10 years of my life i am completely incensed with how life is going uh 10 years ago life felt fantastic uh I'm not so sure life does at the moment, and that's not just because of the, the the pandemic and the restrictions brought about through that, but it seems that everyone in life wants to tell everyone how to live, what to do, um, you should be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. And the article in The Times today was from, um, uh, about uh, Paddy Power Betfair, and um, basically... If you're not aware, um, they are now going to introduce a £500 monthly cap on losses for younger customers as the betting industry battles to prove it is doing enough to protect problem gamblers. Um, Conor Grant, head of the UK and Ireland for Flutter, said the £500 limit was not a target, but a backstop. Um, there's a very fine balance for us in providing the safety net and dictating what customers can and can't do with their money, he said. Now, this is, I would say, probably the biggest red flag for the industry that's now about to fall flat on its face. the, The problem with doing this and putting an age on it um, so if you're not, if, you, if you're 26, you do basically you can do what you want. If you're 25, you can't. It's a bit like, a I suppose it's like a, you could say, well, it's an 18, you can drink, 17, you can't. Um, but the problem with this is, uh, obviously, it, it's a big generalisation. It's You're not putting alcohol in your body. It literally is, You some 24-year-olds are successful people, have a lot of disposable income. Some 24-year-olds don't. So... For start for starters, it's ageist. But where I have a massive problem is that you've got absolute total Tom Munts like Peter Shilton that have done their absolute bollocks in the life heading campaigns to promote safer gambling. When all he's done basically, he's just a shit punter. He's done his brains because he's just shit. Um and you know, you get absolute arse bandits like him that are now destroying if you like the industry And well if you you the dream now is now finished to be able to make money betting so so i can remember me as a young 18 year old 21 year old learning the learning the ropes le- doing doing my trade losing money trying to work out how to make it pay um that's that's done it's finished because it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter if you if you put a, a typical example here. Put 500 pound into Betfair. Then if you're under 25 under these rules, let's say you win. Let's say you have a fantastic three or four months and you turn it into five grand, right? So then the fifth month comes along. You do 500 in because you have a pretty bad couple of days or whatever. You can't then bet for another month. You've lost you've lost 500. So you're stuck there with 4,500 in Betfair, but you can't bet because you've lost 500 pound in that, in that calendar month that that when it resets so 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 therefore we're talking this is absolutely i i, I just I I have had enough with everything it literally is the the who's who's this to protect i mean the, the the amount of problem gamblers in in horse racing are very very few it literally is it's it's so minute the stats have been done on that it's like, it's admitted that it's slot machines so why or a supposed betting company on on sports and racing, you know, m- making sure that no one can 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 bet on the sport. in effect. well, once they've done the five hundred quid in, that's it. You're done for a month.
0: Thoughts, John? I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. In all honesty, I mean, I think it's the thin end of a really really naughty wedge. You know, I mean, uh, it's it's not right. These these firms are just responding and trying to put measures there, it's sort of the ticking the box for me. You know, what I mean, uh, gambling is the you new know, tobacco, and government seem to be it's a case yeah. of the tail wagging the dog as regards the gambling commission. They're they're getting involved because it, it's an easy win. You know, they no racing will roll over for any lobby group or faction. So they, they can put it on their CV that they've cleaned up racing. And then they don't give a monkey's about the mess that they're leaving or the mess that they're turning the sport into. You know, it's just, it's just, it's rotten, it's absolutely rotten. And there's nobody actually talking any common sense, nobody with any clout. Like, that's going to do anything about it.
1: You know? Well, it's like most things in life at the moment. There is no common sense. It literally is who shouts the loudest. And the workery, the, the the, the you know, the, the everyone wants to tell how other people how to live. Everyone wants to tell people what to do and what you should be doing. And the GC have come in, basically, and under their rules, which are very flaky, um, well, they're not flaky as in they're there, but they give bookmakers ultimate power to do whatever they want under the guise of problem gambling it's in the if you read the rules and not many people do because they can't be asked i've read them word for word and what it says is that bookmakers must do in the terms of their life to keep their license they must um perform affordability checks and uh, account restrictions where needed but but it's so broad a stroke where needed well it's like saying well you know well, I, the, what we need is the Gambling Commission actually getting off their asses and auditing every single account restriction and why there's been so many accounts restricted unnecessarily. There's been so you know the, the, the Gambling Commission don't care because they can go back to the government and say, look, uh, we've we've reduced we've reduced uh, problem gambling at, uh, accounts by whatever percent. It's all numbers to them. They don't care. They don't care about the industry. They have got no vested interest. In fact, if their salaries were on a vested interest that was linked to the profitability of of, of horse racing and uh, and everything else, you know, they wouldn't be implementing these measures. They, they've just got a remit to, to limit the amount of gambling harm, and they've given bookmakers full license, full un un un, un, un unopposed license. To do whatever they want, and this is the latest from Workery Flutter, Paddy Power, Betfair to put a five hundred pound cap on young, young uh, gentlemen, ladies, whatever uh, you identify as these days, um, you know, to that that kind of monetary limit. Despite you know, why you know, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I am, I'm, I'm just lost for words. I'm lost for words about how. Society and life is going in general. Um, what are they coming for next? I presume it might be alcohol. Will it be? Will it be fast foods? You know, what what is it? What is it? You're telling it
0: next. Because it, this, to me, all leads towards moving towards a cashless society. Yeah. Then they have got you by the bollocks because basically you will get to 65 and they will know what you will spent. And if you've spent plenty on gambling tobacco booze they'll be saying look i'm sorry son you haven't really looked after yourself i looked after your money no pension for you and that's the way it's going you you're gonna have to justify everything you've done in life that's that's the end game to all this and it's it's very worrying
1: the thing is on on the board of the gambling commission it literally is full of um people from of different expertise from different backgrounds um you know it could be I, i've i've read all the bios of some of them and and i mean yeah look the one thing they've all got in common is they're all very well educated um they've all had a, they've all had a great education a great background obviously they're not coming from the poorer echelons of society they're, they're coming from the from the uh you know the 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 eaten uh certain sander side of society um but 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 that's that's more or less it, and I, and I and I would wager that probably half of them on that board have never had a bet and wouldn't know what what you know. It, it's, it, why is there no punter representation on anything? The BHA set up the betters Bettors for them, who, who are like a chocolate fireguard. And to be honest, it might not be their fault. That might be harsh on them because basically the the BHA, <laughs> they like you said before on previous casts. They don't care about punters. Punters are just there to pay for them. And to and to but you know what's funny at the moment is the, the BHA, Sleepy Hollow, they, they're the new time form. You know, they're just they just sat there and they have no power over the gambling commission or what's being done. I accept that. But they they're just sleepwalking into the industry being absolutely capitulated and under the power of uh, of the major bookmakers, which are just gaining more and more power. It's like a hurricane, building up, building up, building up, and the more and more power they get. I mean, I, I personally think, like Jeff Banks said um, on a, on the previous uh, excellent podcast we did with him, and he said that he could see the end of Betfair. You know, he's, he's pretty confident, and I, like, as in the exchange. And I'm pretty certain that that's the way it's going to go because the account restrictions um, and, uh, you know, the £500 a month, well, there's going to be no field money coming into the machine. I mean, I, if you, if, if, if under twenty five loses five hundred pound, even if he's, even if he's a long term winner, but if he's lost five hundred pound in that calendar month when it starts counting from, then he can't play. He can't play for a month. So that's that's another that's more money that can't go into the exchange or anywhere else. That, I mean, I just uh, please, I, I, listeners, I want you to get in touch. Um, regarding this issue on Twitter, YouTube, whatever, create some debate because the, it, I, I I see no future for the for the sport at all. I, I, I for myself, everything. Um, I mean, I'm cast aside here because basically, if Betfair dies, then again, where am I going to get on India? It's, it's all prohibition. They, 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 they haven't learned since prohibition. The more you restrict, the more you stop people from doing it. And un- unlicensed bookmakers bakers will start surfacing again, John, in pubs, in, in you know, like it used to be, where will, there used to be. A... We'll
0: all be written with the leg breakers.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, in the US, it's thirty percent on, on takeout on the tour. Um and obviously there's unlicensed bookmakers in America because the turd takeout's so high. Bet with your bookmaker. Get what you want on. Don't affect the turf price. You know, the more you place restrictions on gamblers, the more they're going to go to India, um, the more you'll you'll start betting in the Far East where there's no uh, regulation. You can do that now. You know, there's ways now I could sign up for a, to a Far Eastern concern. You know, obviously you're under a bit of risk with your money, but, you know, as I said, it's that's the way you can go. And that's the way other folk might choose to go if they can't get their fix or they can't um, get their bets on. And I think we're in very dangerous times and very, the people, very worrying the times.
0: people that's organising this know that that's where it's heading as well. Oh, yeah. And and people who are betting with the leg breakers, the far East, all the rest of it, as you will say, they're not guaranteed to get paid out. But the people at the Gambling Commission, the people at the BHA – the people in government—I mean, we've got a snivelling Pope as a chancellor; otherwise, he'd have been all over this. They do not care—not one of them. No,
1: no, it's—it's uh, it's very worrying. So please get in touch via via Twitter, via YouTube, on the subject because it's a subject close to my heart, and I don't want to see the industry die, which it currently is and will do uh, under these uh, latest measures uh, proposed by Flutter article in the Sunday Times. Today, right, we'll move on uh, uh, before we give the Jimmy Lindley horse of the week that, that uh, John uh, alerted to me, and I completely agreed. Um, just a quick quick message about fat Gordon John i didn't like the racing Post article, like sort of like and him back
0: Disgusting yeah um, there was two tweets there that particularly got my god. The the first one quoted him as saying about um, the low point was seeing these wonderful horses go, you know. And I countered by saying that the low point should have been him realising that he's as thick as mince for being photographed sitting astride a dead horse, and he's bloody lucky to be still making a living out of the game. Yeah. and the other one, again, it was something akin to poor me, I saw these horses and blah, blah, blah. It just really makes me sick, you know. I mean, if the Post has to write about Elliot coming back, why don't they say, you know, coming back here with his tail between his legs and a lot to prove about horse welfare?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm waiting for the next article on uh, Charles Burns' The Legend of the Gamble, uh, uh when it, coming back when is uh, what is the uh, little suspensions over and done with i mean it's it's just racing is just uh, the, the the like you said the media is inadequate it's been inadequate for a long time there are no quality journalists left um it's left to basically what i would call inexperienced um uh, stroke um they, they, they like towing the party line. They like, you know, it's the only sport in the world where you're just not able to criticise anyone. And it's it's a smoke-blowing exercise for many. And it's it's quite sickening to see. I, as soon as I saw the headline, I was quite shocked. Surely he should have just quietly, they should have done, done the trainer change so Gordon Elliott's back instead of snoozing. Um, and, you know, and just left it at that. No fanfare, no you know, poor, I mean, woe, woe is me, you know.
0: We know he's going to come back with a bang and a load of winners as well. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely shit. Hasn't she? Let's be sad about that. Yeah. You know, oh, I mean, he's, she's got 10 pounds off
1: everything. Yeah. It's, it's all by design. Um, so like I said, <laughs> that's it. Use it to your financial advantage. Follow some Elliot runners. Uh, maybe when he's, when he's back in the, uh, uh Hot seat. Um, right, we'll move on to the Jimmy Lindley just to end the show. Um, and we spotted one yesterday. Well, John did. Well, well, we both did because we both played on the race. And it was John. John messaged me and he says, "Christ," he said. He said, "I've seen one here." He, he said, I've, "I've just bet one." He says that's like it's the dirtiest stop job. And yeah, um, I played in the race myself, so I, I suffered. Um, I'll let you lead in with it, John. The race in question.
0: Well, I actually put this up on the blog yesterday as a solid H-Way bet. Yeah. And I had pretty close to my maximum on this H-Way, so feel free, listeners, if you think this is pure pocket talk, have a look at the race and let me know. But this was hypersonical in the 250 at Thirsk. Um, I'd seen plenty of promise in the debut at a He It got knocked sideways coming out the stalls. It was... Greener than the Jolly green Giant in the race. Yeah. Um. he's having you no know, to gallop properly. It was having trouble get, getting me on the right lane all the way around the bend and everything. Everything pointed to a typical Carl Birkin Prover second time up. I thought the race was eminently winnable and I really could not have three horses in that race beating it. So, hence the the big H-Way tonk that I, I, I took at it and. Mate Raven had a half a hand in short having it so short in the beckon, to be honest. Um, and then really, I just couldn't believe what I saw. PJ sat there like a pudding, no, no attempt to get closer down the back when everything tells you you need to be nice and handy over seven at Thirsk. He, he let the gap get bigger round the bend, he sat, sat there as I was sat in the toilet, in all honesty, virtually inert. Then straightening up, there was a little bit of arm shaking goes on. I've seen more from Frankie on when he was doing a cabaret. <laughs> um, just absolutely ridiculous. And then what I could not understand was there was nothing from the stewards' room. You've got a heavily backed second favourite. It's finished stone last. The jockeys hardly moved the muscle and not a single question asked.
1: Completely agree, um, as I've played in the race, and much to my detriment, um, and like I say, I, mean, I, I take lose on the chin, it's part part and parcel of the game, but hypersonical was, yeah, it was. I don't know what the reason was, or why it would have been like that, but yeah, it wasn't, it, wasn't, know, it wasn't busy. If,
0: if there was something wrong with the r on the race, the jockey felt something, you know, fair enough, but why wouldn't he report that to the stewards? Yeah, I think it was.
1: It for me. It was his early position where he didn't want to get involved. Um, he yeah. just he just didn't want to, any part of because obviously the main rivals were Herbert's Reign, which won the race. Killern of of Charles Hills, they were the two market rivals, and Yellow Bear of Declan Carroll's. That was fourth in that led. Um, Killern was sort of sat on the outside in about third. Herbert's Reign was alongside that. And then you would got sort of four or five lengths back to hypersonical, who, who if you watched him out of the, the traps, hypersonical come out fairly well, come out yeah. okay. But there was no interest from PJ to hold that or, or to just make sure he was on the heels of the leaders. He was quite happy to sit six or seven lengths further back very quickly. And I think that was a telling sign. Unless like you there was something wrong with the horse in the early stages and he felt that.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll bet you. Then, off. Fa- then so- fair enough you know but why wouldn't you tell the stewards if that was the case you know no. but more to my chagrin was why the stewards didn't ask a question you know i mean surely to god a, a second favorite running like that merits a question finishing last
1: yeah yeah no poor from the stewards uh, yeah so anyway i uh, hope well me and john both hope you've enjoyed the show today uh lots of talking points certainly and one very po- negative one for me in terms of the uh, Paddy Power Betfair. They get the plank of the week um, for, for introducing or soon to be introducing £500 limits. Anyway, this week ahead, we have got um, a Tuesday St Ledger preview special. Uh, so don't miss that. That will be uh, online probably around, I would say, Somewhere in the region at half seven, eight PM, um covering the whole ledger meeting. Myself,
0: Our favourite trainer's got a hat on over this mate, hasn't he?
1: <laughs> yeah, we me and John might tailor it around a specific trainer, but you'll have to wait on Tuesday to find out. Regular listeners of the show will probably guess. Um but anyway, uh, so we'll be on we'll be back on Tuesday with uh, me, John, Quentin Franks, Andy Richmond. Uh, and then on Friday, we've got the Ginger Hitler, um, super West Ham fan, Nick Davis, um, a tremendous handicap judge, and myself and John obviously joining those two. Uh, so two cracking shows coming up uh, this week, so don't miss them. And uh, please uh, feel f- your talking points on Twitter and on YouTube. Let's get the debate going about these ridiculous Moves from Paddy Power and Betfair. That's all from me and John. I um, hope the rest of your Sunday goes really well. Bye for now.